0: There are four traditions in classical Japanese theatre. Kabuki that mixes drama, music and dance. kyojan, which is forest and slapstick. Bunraku, which is puppetry. And finally, no, that often focuses on the supernatural. The tradition of no was established over half a millennium ago and is performed by actors wearing masks to indicate who they are. Spirits, women, children. Because the masks conceal facial expression, It is the actors gestures that indicate their emotions and those gestures are delivered in a very stylized and slow motion depending on which film historian you read slow motion was invented either in 1904 when an austrian priest turned physicist august musker modified film projectors with a mirror drum so the footage could be presented at different speeds. Or its realization came three years earlier, when British filmmaker Cecil Hepworth made a short film, The Indian Chief and the Sizeless Powder, where the chief takes the powder in the wrong order, swells and bursts. For the burst, Hepworth overcranked the camera, so when the footage was screened, the burst appeared to happen slowly. But whether it was Musger, Hepworth or someone else, it is worth noting the German word Musger used to describe the phenomenon. Zeitlupe. Zeit means time and Lupe means magnification. And I think that is a very useful way of recognizing what slow motion does. It magnifies, inflates, expands time. But that was back in the earliest days of cinema. And for cinema to present slow motion, a standard speed had to be established. Because the earliest film cameras required the operator to manually crank the film through the gate, there was no standardised frame rate. So for the first few decades, the reality of cinema unfolded at subtly variable speeds. That changed in 1927 with the advent of synchronised sound. While the human eye can accept the change in speed of what it sees, the human ear is not so sympathetic. The pitch goes off. So when the jazz singer arrived, the frame rate had to be consistent to meet with smooth tones of music and the human voice. That takes me away from you. You don't know just how sad it makes me. So it was really not until the late nineteen twenties that slow motion could be defined and practiced. But I'm not really interested in when it was established or by whom, or even how. I'm interested in examining the way it impacts both on the story and the audience. In other words, what does slow motion do? Made in 1933, Jean Vigo's Zéro de Conduite is set in a boys' boarding school where the young students mount a revolt. During their coup, Vigo slips the image into slow motion. The impact? It brings a dreamlike quality to the events, as if Vigo were saying that far from being anarchical or destructive, youthful rebellion can be beautiful. Five years later, Lenny Riefenstahl's documentary Olympiad, about the 1936 Olympic Games in Berlin, used slow motion to accentuate the athlete's agility, durability and prowess in their relevant sports. The impact? Very little as it happens, because Riefenstahl used it so often, it became monotonous. Despite this, filmmakers now favour slow motion to capture intense violence or action. The impact? The impact? We'll return to that later, but for now, let's move forward to 1954, where Alfred Hitchcock chose to use it not for a murder or an action set piece, but rather for something romantic. In Rear Window, L.B. Jeffries, played by James Stewart, is asleep in his apartment when his girlfriend, Lisa Carol Fremont, played by Grace Kelly, quietly enters and wakens him with a kiss. How's your leg? It hurts a little. And your stomach? Empty as a football. And do you love life? Uh, not too active. Anything else bothering you? Mm-hmm. Who are you? The moment is startling because it highlights the intimacy of the couple. But as we soon learn, It also displays an anxiety on Jeff's part, because while Lisa wants Jeff to marry her, he won't even entertain the idea of proposing. Here, the slow motion hints at their emotional disparity. The very next year, 1955, Akira Kurosawa presented his first epic, The Seven Samurai. Kurosawa never hid his admiration for Hollywood cinema, specifically the Western. But, he said, the number of deaths depicted in the genre was so great that the intensity of the moment was all but lost. Ubiquity had rendered death meaningless. So what impact did Kurosawa's slow motion have? By slowing down the moment of death, he isolated it out from the rest of the action and thus restored its sanctity. And by doing that, Kurosawa created the classic entrance and exit for the technique. For this to happen, a minimum of five images have to be presented. The first presents action at normal speed. The second cuts to a frame that is relatively static. The third has movement in it, but that movement is now in slow motion. The fourth image again gives us a frame that is relatively static, and the fifth returns us to normal speed. In other words, the transitions are barely noticeable. Things changed dramatically in 1967 with Arthur Penn's landmark gangster picture, Bonnie and Clyde. For the climactic shootout, Penn used no less than four cameras, all running at variable speeds. When the shooting was done, editor Dee Dee Allen started cutting and putting together a sequence which violated Kurosawa's principle crashing together the different frame mates to deepen the impact. Violence erupted on screen like never before and ruptured our perception of it. When in 1976 Martin Scorsese used it in Taxi Driver, he secured a very different impact. Travis Bickle, played by Robert De Niro, suffers from Acute Schizotypal Personality Disorder and, in order to convey this, Scorsese gives us several subjective shots from Travis's point of view, where the frame rate is noticeably different from that of the objective shots. In a moment that has become a near-textbook sequence, we hear Travis introducing us to Betsy, played by Sybil Shepherd. I first saw her at Valentine campaign headquarters at 63rd and Broadway. She was wearing a white dress. She appeared like an angel out of this filthy mass. She is alone. They cannot touch her. It is an idealized image and one that instantly shows Travis is in thrall of this vision. But later, Scorsese brings us deeper into Travis's disturbed view of the world, when, in the diner, he looks across at the other patrons, significantly African-American men, and is immediately alienated from them. The impact here is psychological. Instead of watching boys rebelling in school, athletes running a race, two lovers in an embrace, swordsmen being killed or gangsters being shot, Scorsese was using slow motion to put us inside the head of his lead character and see the world as Travis sees it. That psychological state brings us to perception. In 1999, the final year of the millennium, a film appeared that revitalized, if not revolutionized, our understanding of slow motion. In The Matrix, the Wachowskis achieved several things with their bullet time technique, the most important of which was the movement through space at normal speed, while the action took place at a slower speed. The Wachowskis didn't use just one camera filming at high speed, they used 122. The result of which was a sense of temporal vertigo, where the time was pulling and pushing you simultaneously, where going faster and slower within the same few seconds was a perfect visualisation of what the film was about. Perception. Is reality objective or subjective? But enough about how you see the world. How about what you feel? Released in the year 2000, In the Mood for Love uses a lot of slow motion, and Wong Kar Wai splits subjectivity to show us the emotional state of not one, but two people. Set in 1962 Hong Kong, it opens with Chow Mo Wan, played by Tony Leung, moving into an apartment on the same day as Su Li Zhen, played by Maggie Chung, takes up in an adjoining rental. Both married, they gradually come to suspect that their spouses are having an affair. Wang Kar-wai uses a slow motion to show us the moments Mo Wan and Li Zhen pass each other at the top of a staircase. The fact that Wang then intercuts and lingers on them as they wait alone in slow motion at either end of the stairs not only traps them in time and extends that time, but also increases how lonely they feel. Films as diverse as Transformers, The Royal Tenenbaums, Django Unchained and The Hurt Locker all slow down time to varying degrees. But the fact that slow motion appears so frequently in so many films shows that it is not how often it is used, but how it is used. What's the point? What's the impact?